It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. You're listening to the podcast Parts Per Billion, but today we're going to be talking about Parts Per Quadrillion. We have to get that small because we're talking about the new science on PFAS and about why it seems like the more we know about these chemicals, the worse they seem. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. And as I mentioned up at the top, we're now in parts per quadrillion territory when it comes to measuring the safe levels of certain PFAS chemicals. Earlier this month, the EPA lowered its standard for the amount of safe exposure to two substances within this broader class of so-called forever chemicals. Previously, according to figures set just in 2016, the threshold was at 70 parts per trillion for both substances, known as PFOS and PFOA. Now it's thousands of times smaller than that at 20 parts per quadrillion for PFOS and four parts per quadrillion for PFOA. It's hard to wrap your head around what that means. I mean, what even is a quadrillion? But I did a back of the envelope calculation and four parts per quadrillion is like taking half a cup of water and pouring it into Lake Mead. Seriously. It was a reminder that even though we've been talking about PFAS chemicals for years now, we're still learning new things about them, and those new things are pretty alarming. To find out what this means and where the science is heading, I rang up our Ace Chemicals reporter, Pat Rizzuto, and had her walk with me through why the EPA set the safety standard so mind-bogglingly low. It issued four health advisories for four different PFAS chemicals, and those dealt with the amount of those chemicals that the EPA thinks a person could drink in water for their entire life, which is estimated to be 70 years, without being harmed. And and that's the whole purpose of them, is to let states, drinking water utilities, the public, know what EPA's latest thinking about the science is. It's information. I see. And they did this uh, in 2016. So I guess they felt that in, you know, it's 2022 and they just needed updating. Is that why they issued these new numbers? So the ones that updated and really ratcheted down the numbers were for um, the oldest and best known of the chemicals. Let's get into that, uh, because when you say ratcheted down, I mean, this that's an understatement. Uh, this, these new numbers are 
some of the smallest numbers I've ever seen on any type of environmental document. Uh, we're talking about, you know, basically four parts per quadrillion for one of them. Why are these numbers so low? I mean, it used to be 70 parts per trillion, which itself was very low. And now we're just getting, it seems like we're thousands of times lower. Well, I understand the numbers are beyond human scale. We can't understand how tiny these numbers are. Um, one analogy I heard that I just kind of liked was that um, the PFOA advisory of four parts per quadrillion would be like four kernels of corn in the 52 million acres of cornfields across the Corn Belt. That's, you know, Indiana, <laughs> Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. That's unreal. Um, but what I was really helped to see by people who have a simpler vision than I do <laughs> at a conference I attended last week is EPA is essentially saying there is no safe level to drink those particular two chemicals over a lifetime. These are these levels that it issued were below what laboratory technology can measure. By so, a lot. But um yes. So what EPA was saying is, ideally, there shouldn't be any in the water. Now, EPA has actually said that for other chemicals. EPA says that for lead. It doesn't want any lead in the drinking water. It doesn't want any radionuclides, like uranium, in the drinking water. But that's not where it regulates. Um, it says the goal is zero, but then it uses, you know, what technology can do, how expensive is that technology, factors like that to actually set a regulatory level. So this is not as bizarre as it you know, comes across. But that's uh, and that's one thing I'm eager to hear from you is that why didn't it do that for for these chemicals to say the goal is zero, no amount is safe, but practically we want you to get to this level. It seems like it didn't do that here. Well, why not? Um, it, it sends the same message. It just sends it based on the science because apparently the agency can't say there's absolutely no amount that's safe. The science isn't there for that. I see. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you can get that precise, why not get that precise? success when you see it or you think you do the people in the spotlight athletes actors artists but what about the people behind the scenes you know the ones who make it all happen the lighting engineers the sideline photographers the caterers they're small business masterminds and if there's one thing they have in common it's making their money work harder that's why they have a business bank account with quickbooks money where they are now earning a generous five percent annual percentage yield Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. 
Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Um, so let's talk about the reaction to this because, you know, this is a pretty shockingly low number, as you mentioned, hard to comprehend. What was the reaction from the chemical industry? Imagine they weren't too thrilled with this. Well, actually, I think the people who are hit, who are in the front lines with this, are the drinking water utilities, because suddenly what they're being told is that no amount of this that they can measure in their drinking water is safe. Right. If you if you test your drinking water and any amount of these chemicals comes up, you have a problem. Exactly. And that's a hard message to deliver to your water customers. Um, so I think they're in the front lines. And um, since they are providing a public service, they don't make these chemicals. They actually just receive them and remove them out of the water when they can and when they reach a high enough level. They, they've got a big challenge. Between next year, January and December 2025, EPA is going to require drinking water utilities of basically any significant size to be measuring PFOA, PFAS, the other two, um, there are 29 PFAS that you drinking water utilities are going to have to measure and report to EPA. And they'll need to, you know, that information will become public and people will have questions about that. And those questions are going to trigger legislators, you know, asking, you what do we need to do? Um, do we need to be installing more drinking water control technologies. Uh, so it, there, are, there are a few things. This all sounds doom and gloom. On the one hand, by putting these super extraordinarily low health advisories out, EPA sends a really strong signal to everybody. It's going to be some years before the EPA can regulate PFOA and PFAS in drinking water. 
In the meantime, it told everybody the regulatory level that's coming is going to be a lot lower than the advisory we've been using. Get ready for it. So there's actually a logic to EPA releasing these advisories as a signal right now. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that drinking water utilities have this signal, and with it, there's not a strong um, direction from the agency. This is the best drinking water you know, cleanup technology to use to meet a regulatory standard. It will have to do that in the future. Yeah, so right now they have a target to meet, but they don't have uh, a lot of direction on how to meet that target. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You're you're bringing up drinking water utilities and how this is affecting them, and it sounds like it's affecting them pretty seriously. You're not talking about the chemical manufacturers, the companies that made these these chemicals. Is it because these don't affect them, or is it because they're already in such deep trouble that things can't get possibly get worse for them? No, I think they're absolutely. I was trying to talk about frontline first drinking water utilities. Next in line, <laughs> right. um, not only the manufacturers of PFAS, but also the companies that use them. Right. Because what the health advisory will also likely spur, and I heard an attorney say this at a webinar yesterday, Drinking Water Act allows drinking water utilities, if their states agree, to act as regulators. They can go upstream and slap effluent limits on the companies who are putting problematic compounds into their source water. So if states and drinking water utilities didn't have a good incentive already to be regulating those upstream companies. They certainly do now. <laughs> um, so I would expect more states and more drinking water utilities to be exploring that particular authority. I'd be expecting companies upstream to be getting more permit limits. Um, and I would expect attorneys who represent injured parties to be absolutely using the new health advisory in the thousands upon thousands of legal cases that are, you know, have been filed against 3M, DuPont, Comoros, Tyco Fire Products, and, 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 and. Yeah, definitely. All right. So finally, wrapping things up, where is the PFAS science heading? I mean, I know that's an impossible question to answer, but... You know, are we? It seems like we're we're having a trend here where the more we learn about PFAS, the worse it gets. The more concerning uh, things we discover, and the more uh, avenues of research that we have. Are we getting to a point where that won't be happening, and we are kind of reaching a plateau, or have we not even approached the science plateau yet for PFAS? I don't think we've even approached the science plateau yet because there are thousands upon thousands of these chemicals out there. Most of what we know is based on the older, longer ones, but there's enough information about the newer ones that concerns have been raised about them as well. Your question gets in a really important nub. Many scientists say Michal Friedhoff, who's the 
Chief Honcho over chemicals at EPA said this morning, we can't study the PFAS chemicals one at a time. It's just impossible. So how do you get the information becomes the question. EPA's approach is to try and break them into categories and try and get information about categories. Um, The European Union's approach is to aim for some type of regulation that says, unless the chemicals are essential to society, you can't use them. Now, there are absolutely essential uses. Yeah. If I have a heart stent, I want it to have PFAS chemicals on it because that enables the heart stent to last in my body for decades. But there is a huge divide between the affected communities in particular and some scientists who strongly feel the default approach has to be regulate them as one, consider them bad unless proven innocent. And then the other um, view says, wait, it's like the term felines. Okay, felines are not all alike. One's a lion, one's a panther, one's a jaguar, one's my kitty cat. Mm -hmm. They don't all act alike. We can't handle them as equivalent. That's a good point. Although I will say sometimes my uh, kitty cat does think he is a panther. So (laughs) that's that's another story. But no, the metaphor holds. Um, That's really fascinating stuff. Thank you, Pat, so much for for talking about this. And, uh, you know, I'm just so fascinated to see where this goes in the future. It sounds like we're going to be talking about it for a very long time. A forever conversation. A forever conversation about forever chemicals. Thanks. And that's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use a pretty easy to remember handle at environment. Just that, I environment. I'm at David B. Schultz if you want to chat with me about anything and everything. Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle and is edited by Zach Sherwood and Chuck McCutcheon. And our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks for listening, everyone. Those nine justices in Washington can be hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, We give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court, the filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. Check in on Fridays with Bloomberg Law's Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon of the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.